0: でお
1: to another episode of no such thing as a fish a weekly podcast this week coming to you from the up the creek comedy club in greenwich my name is dan schreiber i'm joined as ever by anna chesinski james harkin and andy murray and once again we have gathered around the microphones but this time with your favorite facts from the last seven days and in no particular order here we go okay Um,
2: i have a fact about uh the silver age of comics who's that from
1: Hey, hey hello. hello. Should we do a Twitter fact while we're waiting yes. for the microphone to get over? Uh, so uh, this was sent in to us by John Winterholt. There is a chemical called Arsol. <laughs> Nobody knows what it smells like yet. <laughs> I tweeted him back to say, is that true? And he said, yeah, I study Arsol for a living. <laughs> and- Apparently true. He also, he, so then he also told me that there's another one called arse pain, which is true as well. And he said, there's a, interestingly, there's a mineral found uh, near the town of Cummington, Massachusetts, and that's been called Cummingtonite. <laughs> yeah. There's
2: one called um, Welshite. It was Welshite, yeah. but it's named after a guy called uh, somebody Welsh, yeah. Henry Welsh or something. It's the Welsh. Yeah.
3: Um, there's a molecule called, um, I think it's nitrogen triiodide. It's one of the most crazy molecules you can get. For a molecule, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> but apparently it will blow up if um, a mosquito lands on it. Yeah, Really? Yeah, it's the energy of a mosquito landing on it will make it explode.
2: Wow. Is the
3: mosquito all right?
2: <laughs> it's just a molecule, isn't it? It's probably fine.
1: Yeah. Um, Shall we go to the fact? Yeah. What's your name? Charlie. Hi, Charlie. What's your fact, Charlie? Uh, this is a age of comics. In the late 50s, last 60s, Comics with gorillas on the front sold considerably more than comics without. DC Comics put gorillas on every single copy, even if there's no gorillas inside. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Amazing. Pretty good. Wow. That's good. So Superman would just be tackling a gorilla on the front, and then it had no relevance to the story. There was, um, a comic with Superman, and a gorilla was sending him a
2: a ticket or like a, a zoo ticket I think why would a gorilla be selling a zoo ticket It's <laughs> them colluding in their own imprisonment
4: <laughs> do you know what gorillas favourite films are?
3: no oh. <laughs> this sounds like the stats of a Wait, joke
4: <laughs> um Now this was I read this this weekend in the Sunday Times somewhere, and it's by a musician who's really famous. But I can't remember who it is because I don't know anything about music. Um, but he's hung out with people who've studied gorillas, and they gave them a bunch of films, and they worked out which ones the gorillas, you know, like asked asked with their hands to watch the most frequently. <coughs> and what do you reckon the gorilla's favourite film is? Oh. Planet of the Apes. Very good. No. Planet of the Apes. Yeah.
3: Really? And then
4: their second favourite was a film about uh, Sasquatch, <laughs> a Yeti. And um, so obviously they feel very close to Yetis. Maybe they are genetically somehow related, I think they think. And the now, third favourite was just
3: Dan's stand-up. <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 they didn't subject them to that, James. You know? <laughs> the RSPCA would get involved. <laughs>
1: I watched, um, I watched The Mummy 3 on the weekend, How there's a you? Mummy 3, it, there's a scene in it where there's just so much chaos going on, the terracotta warriors have become alive, there's this old Chinese uh, group of skeletons that have come back up, it's Jason and the Argonaut style, and then suddenly these two giant yetis come in, and the good guys go, uh oh, yetis, and the yetis are like, we're good guys, and they go, great, and then everyone just accepts it. Uh, <laughs> It's just fine. We've got yeti allies now who are <laughs> helping us. Do yetis in the myths about yetis? Do they attack people? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They can be kind as well. They uh, there's. A... <laughs> I regret asking my original question. There's a lady in Bhutan who claims that she uh, lived and had children with a yeti, uh, and the yeti uh, they had about six children and then she said that she was going back to society she wanted to bring the children with them but uh, the yeti said that's not going to happen so they went to yeti court and the yeti won custody of the <laughs> children and that's why she doesn't have them
4: yeah. in in bhutan this is this is a stretch of a link uh, but every government policy has to justify itself according to its world happiness Index rating doesn't it? not that national Bhutan? gross national happiness? Yeah. yeah. So every time you make a policy, you have to say how it's going to affect the gross national happiness, and it's the only country where it's like made that put that into policy. Yeah.
3: Oh, you, I've been to Bhutan. To Bhutan. Yeah, yeah, I have been to Bhutan. I remember I went to the national um, museum because I wanted to see the world's biggest book. They claim to have the world's biggest book, and it's a book about Bhutan. How convenient. <laughs> And um, I was in the museum, and um, there was a, they had a rat problem. Someone had seen a rat. But because they were, it was run by monks, because it's quite a, you know, a Buddhist country, uh, they weren't allowed to hurt the rat in any way. So they weren't allowed to put poison down, or they weren't allowed to put traps down
1: or anything like that. So all the monks were just chasing this rat.
3: <laughs>
1: wow um what's the name of the very famous gorilla who's um in we talked about it on Co- the coco. 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 coco coco do you know what coco's favorite movie is i read this on the weekend bizarrely okay
3: so let's just say who coco is yes so coco is a gorilla who learns sign language i think right yeah uh, and learned more words in sign language than anyone else uh, well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> <no>.
3: <laughs> 300 people just picked me up on that um yeah um and is often held up as the fact that animals might be able to learn language
1: yeah so favorite movie pretty woman <laughs> really oh yeah.
3: no so aspirational
1: yeah well done her by the way pretty woman the movie they did a thing where they the hotel that it was filmed in now offers a pretty woman package so you can go which yeah. is the worst message oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> i don't think they plot that through properly <laughs> who's it for it's for couples yeah it's for couples yeah <laughs> wow, I've
2: got a fact about movies. Um, this is a fact about the movie
3: Leon. Whose fact is about Leon? Th- whose fact is about the film Leon? Oh, it's over there. Oh, hey, over there. Uh, um, if you put your hand up, Alex will come and find you. Cool. Uh, in the meantime, I've got a fact that came from Twitter. Um, and this is from someone called @riptor. Uh And the fact was that the 25th Amendment allows vice presidents to take over as president when the president incapacitated It's happened three times, and each time the president was having a colonoscopy. Are those the only three times presidents have been incapacitated?
2: Because I know that several have been shot
3: (laughs) and killed. (laughs) I keep going. Uh, no, since the amendment okay. was, was made. There's oh. a thing about colonoscopies that you can explode during a colonoscopy. Do you know that? What? Uh, wow. Yeah, because you have a lot of gas buildup in your lower intestines, and um, sometimes they'll use like a cauterizing heat thing. To, if you've got a cut, they try and kind of burn it. And so that heat and the gases can cause um, people to actually explode, yeah.
4: Right. You would have thought, are they putting some kind of safeguards in place to stop this happening? Or is it just, you know, 50-50, you'll either explode or... (laughs) That's kind of like what happens to trees, right? When they get (laughs) colonoscopies. What? what do you mean? Similar kind of... You know when trees are on fire, then uh, sometimes it gets so hot and there's a build-up of gas inside them and they explode. There's really good videos of trees exploding yeah. all oh, over the world. When
2: lightning hits a tree, it can explode because all yeah. the water turns immediately to water vapour and lots of it is uh, near the middle side. It
3: just goes out. Wow. It's cool. cool. Not for the tree. It's bad no. for the tree. Um, do we have our Leon yeah. fact yet? Okay.
4: So there's a scene in the movie Leon where um, there are loads of police cars parked outside a building and while they were filming that scene, a man who had just robbed a shop ran onto the movie set, thought it was the real police, and handed himself in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Such That's a good amazing. Fact. Sorry, what's your name? Susie. Susie. That's, That's an amazing guy. I fact. mean,
4: how long did they let the charade continue? Yeah.
1: <laughs> God, if they were method actors, they probably would have, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> Taking them to the station, then so they would have got in trouble themselves. Gary Oldman's going to be arresting you today. Very exciting. <laughs> Someone actually tweeted in, this is from Twitter earlier, that uh, Gary o- Newman is actually three weeks younger than Gary Oldman. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, I
0: didn't
3: think that Facts three. about police. Um, yeah. In ancient Egypt, the, police, the head of the police was called the chief of the hitters.
4: That's yeah. like we've talked on the podcast about the world's oldest parking fine issued by traffic wardens, oh, yeah. um, which uh, was uh, to be decapitated, I believe. <laughs> oh, no, uh,
5: no, no, spike. Yeah, oh, it on was spike. to be
4: impaled, it was to be impaled, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah on a spike for a crossing on the king's land. That was when, um, yeah, the king owned all of the roads. So I think it was quite hard to get around.
1: Yeah, and the first the first ever British uh, parking ticket that was given was uh, accidentally given to a doctor who was making an emergency call to a house. And so they had to override the parking ticket. So the first parking ticket was a cock-up and they had to <laughs> undo it.
4: And I think the first American one was overridden as well. The first American one was a guy who said, I literally just went into the shop for five minutes and I've come back and my ticket's here. And he, you know, appealed and got it overridden. Has any parking ticket ever been successful? (laughs)
3: No. (laughs) All the ones that I've ever got have been. (laughs) Have I ever told you about the guy in London in I think it was the 60s or might have been early 70s who electrocuted his car so that when traffic wardens tried to put a ticket on them, (laughs) they got electrocuted? Wow. wow, he was in like the newspapers and stuff. He became really famous. Yeah, and...
2: when he was arrested,
4: right?
3: <laughs> yeah, well, he was arrested, but they um, they let him off in the end because he'd become such a kind of kind cause celebre. Surely, they, should... electrocuting
4: they, um... a policeman is a bigger crime than parking on a double yellow line.
3: <laughs> yeah, sorry, like not electrocuting because the word electrocuting means killing by electricity. He <laughs> he electrified them. Let's say with like okay. a little bit of a shot. Um, um they should have charged him. <laughs>
4: He's like an um, angle grinder man in Kent oh, yeah. who was, was that superhero. He called himself the a real life superhero and he went around um, with his angle grinder removing clamps from cars that had been clamped. No one knew who he was for a long time until he did an interview with the newspaper and then people <laughs> did.
1: But, yeah. You know, at the end of Iron Man, when he says, I'm Iron Man, it's like, Whoa. was he like, I'm Iron Grinder Man? And they went, he, uh, I mean,
4: he could pronounce it, so that yeah. helped.
3: <laughs>
1: Thought I escaped that. <laughs> okay. I genuinely as well just ran with it and went, I'm just going to mush it up <laughs> yeah. so hard. I Was he like, I'm a garander band, And then it's like... Oh. Shall we move on to another fact? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's move on to our next fact.
4: Okay, so this is about a ghost army in World War II.
1: All right, so while we're waiting for the mic to get over, here's another Twitter one. This is from Matthew Oglesby. The new organist of Leeds Cathedral is David Pipe. <laughs> That's quite nice. Oh, that's very nice. good. I'm a massive fan of nominative determinism. Yeah.
3: Did you meet the guy who coined the term?
1: Yeah, uh, we met him very
3: briefly, yeah. Was not yeah.
1: Reginald A. <laughs> namey, namey, namey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Norman determinism. <laughs> no. What yeah. was the. You, remember, you, you found the ultimate one, which was to do with. Um... Oh,
3: um, Henry Head. Yeah, that yeah. That was it. Yeah. So um, there was a neuroscientist called Henry Head. Uh, And he discovered this thing called head zones. You don't have one in your head, but you do have one in the head of your genitals if you're a man. Um, But he was the head of a journal called Brain. And when he left as head of the journal Brain, he was taken over by a guy called Brain. So head was the head of brain until he wasn't the head of brain anymore. And he was taken over as the head of brain by brain, who became the head of brain. So good. Yeah. That's the ultimate.
4: Yeah. Um, I mean, no one knew what was going on in that organization.
3: I saw one the other day, actually. It was, um, I tweeted about it. Let me think. It was um, a guy who'd written a book about uh, swearing. And he was called Say Gadam. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's yeah, oh. good, isn't it? S A I, his first name. Oh. Say Gadam. That's
2: nice. Someone sent me one on Twitter the other day, which was a hurdler whose surname is Stumbleover.
3: Oh,
4: <laughs> yeah. Is so good. I think he actually famously fell over it, it a was hurdle. It a she. It's a she. Oh,
5: she. she. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Potato, potato. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, didn't she stumble over a hurdle in quite an important yeah, Olympic maybe event Yeah,
3: In the Olympics, yeah. Yeah. Okay,
0: shall we go Sorry. on to the yeah, fact?
1: Say your name and your fact, please.
0: All right. Uh, I'm Nora. Um, so my fact was that there was a ghost army in the Second World War where the Allies used rubber inflatable tanks and recorded troop sounds to trick the German army into thinking the enemy was there.
1: But there's a ghost army. Who... A ghost they call them not... Ghost
0: Army because they yeah. didn't actually exist. Yeah, not... so,
1: don't get excited, Dan. <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> it's not like the end of Indiana Jones. <laughs>
3: I like the idea of having inflatable tanks because it means you blow up your own tanks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> nice. Oh.
4: <laughs> Do you know where the word tank comes from? No. no. So tank was originally a code word. It was never intended to be what tanks were called. Um and it was I think Churchill was at uh, the head of the organization which was, you know, pioneering tank making and they were called Something like Land Ships. It was called like the Land Ships Organization or something like that in the First World War when they were developing them. Um, And they just decided to call them tanks as a code word because they were going to send them into Russia disguised as water tanks. And first of all, they wanted to call them... They called them w- They called them water compartments at first, but because war officers tended to abbreviate people kept, things... People kept
2: mixing them up.
4: People kept going and urinating the on tanks. the military <laughs> yeah. vehicles. Wow. So they
3: said, we can't call them WCs. But they called them tanks because they wanted the Russians to think they were tanks of water. But, but yeah, exactly. The Russians were on our side in the First World War. I
4: know, I, I said Russians, and I hoped again, like Dan, that no one would It's
2: on <laughs> <laughs> just a little thing, like which side we were fighting. <laughs>
4: People <laughs> made these mistakes all the time.
3: <laughs> okay, I think we're going to have to keep moving on because we're we're short of time, aren't we? So Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, who is Jennifer Matthews? Ah, Jennifer Matthews is over here.
0: So um, parrotfish wear pajamas, protective pajamas, at night time, and then they eat them in the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah, I
1: don't see anything special about that. I mean. No.
0: <laughs> We, we
1: said interesting facts. Oh, okay. No, okay. <laughs> no, that's amazing. That's so, cool. yeah. that's, that's... so they secrete
0: it, yeah. a mucus that has a hole in the front and the hole in the back so that water can flow through. And uh, the mucus is apparently meant to stop predators from smelling them. And it means that they're protected overnight whilst they sleep. But it's a vital po- source of protein, so they eat it in the morning.
1: Oh, my God. Nice. I'm mean, oh. amazing. Yeah. It's. It's yeah. not the sexiest pyjamas in the world, is it? <laughs> yeah. When you say, I'm just going to go slip into something more... <laughs> just I'm just going to slip into something more mucusy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like
3: your breakfast? And <laughs> um, Parrotfish, they're the guys who they, um, they make sand as well, do they?
0: Yeah, they poop islands. Yeah.
3: What? <laughs> Yeah. Bit really? by bit. Well,
0: <laughs> for an average parrotfish, they uh, poop 275 grams per day. But the biggest parrotfish um, can make 90 kilograms.
3: 90 kilograms a day?
0: I don't actually know if it's a day. It might right. be per year. But the biggest parrotfish. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a different. When you go to your doctor, they you say. <laughs>
4: How much yeah. are you booing? Is it either <laughs> twice a day or twice a year? How,
3: many, how, how big an island have you produced, sir?
2: <laughs> um,
3: um, but yeah, that's the—it's um, this white kind of white sand that they get in the yeah. Caribbean and stuff, well, don't they? Yeah. That's...
0: So they eat coral, um, and when they eat coral, they eat the the tissue off the coral, and then they uh, digest the. Calcium carbonate skeleton and poop the sand, and then uh, but entire islands in the Caribbean have been made up by the sand. Wow! Yeah. So, so you can basically about... lie in a pile of sand. I do
1: that anyway. <laughs> <true>. <laughs>
0: well,
1: how do you know so much about parrotfish?
0: I'm a marine biologist. Are you? Good. Hey, uh, nice.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Thanks. You don't get a wolf whistle for that, in any
3: ways) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Should we uh, should we move on yeah, to Yeah, let's the... keep going. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. keep going. Okay, so So this oh, okay. is
4: about uh the new tallest building in London. Who's is that?
3: Ah, uh, oh, a okay, Twitter
2: one. Actually, this is really similar to the uh, the other uh, thing we just had, the fringe-limbed tree frog, fringe-limbed tree frog parents grow extra layers of skin to feed their tadpoles.
0: Oh. Oh.
2: And this is I like this so much because it's reminded me of my favorite fact at the moment, which is that um, breast milk, mother's breast milk, is made from uh, arses. When, uh, when you have a baby um, and you start producing breast milk, it's got fat cells in it. And the fat cells that are, take, are taken literally from the mother's uh, bottom first is where they go from.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh. No one else is nice. in <laughs> that? There's a lot of spiders who will eat their mother, aren't there? Or there's at least a few of them. Really? And yeah. so they'll... They'll give birth to the live spiders inside them and they'll eat their way out. Spiders. (laughs) Okay, what's your name and what is your fact, please? Um, So my name is Bapinda and my fact is that the new tallest building in London is going to be called Undershaft.
1: Amazing. (laughs) Nice.
4: It's a really immature fact. I can't believe you brought it to the
1: table. (laughs) So why is it being called that?
4: I don't know, I just read it on The Guardian
3: and laughed a lot. Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's literally the extent that I do my research as well, so (laughs) don't worry about it. Actually, I was reading the other day, it's a building we've mentioned on the podcast before, but London, uh, a building in London got voted the ugliest or the most horrible building around, and it's the walkie-talkie. Uh, and it was cited for being so bad because it keeps blowing people over and <laughs> melting cars. Oh, yeah. The angle of the building has this magnifying on it that it's just melting cars and the wind that is yeah. trapping it's literally blowing people onto the street and the, people the, are furious.
2: The architect who made it has designed another building in America which also has melted cars. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not learned from his mistakes.
4: He actually puts that on his CV now. <laughs> Have you it. got a
2: car you need melted? <laughs> <laughs> Just get me to design a multi billion dollar building for you. Um.
4: <laughs> Alex was actually telling me earlier that the shard in London goes down as deep, deeper than Nelson's column. Does it. I, th- I thought what? you
2: were going to say it goes down deeper than it goes up. <laughs> I I thought he was going to say that as well. I was
3: quite disappointed. Something that does do that is the Angel of the North. That goes really. It's pretty much exactly. Goes down deeper than the (laughs) Shard.
2: And 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 the underside is devil shaped, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Messed
3: up. Shall we move on?
4: Oh wait, can I just say because I find this really interesting and I think I've never been allowed to say it on the podcast before, but we only recently (laughs) discovered how tall Nelson's Column was. So what? it's been up since, well, since Nelson, so 200 years. And they just measured it a couple of years ago. And they realized, I think it's four meters higher than we thought. Or it's wow. maybe it's four feet. <laughs> but isn't that weird? We've never measured Nelson's Column. Yeah, that's it's really not cool. not big.
2: You know, there are loads of Nelson's Columns all over the place. Are there? I mean, not lo- I mean, like millions. But <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are, I think, a good dozen of them all over the UK. And there's one in Norfolk, which is where he was from, I think. Uh, yeah. And it's, um, it's just got an urn at the top of it. Not Nelson So there you go But it is a Nelson's column
1: Nelson used to I don't know if we Ever put I tried to get this On the podcast I don't know if it Ever made on But Nelson used to Have a little hat For his eye He just had a tiny Hat for his eye And no one talks About it And they should (laughs) You literally, literally tried to get that on every single week for about yeah. two yeah. months. Well, because it was like, you know when you see American movies where they're like doing accounts and they had that sort of tennis hat that had the, the green that you could see through? Nelson had that on his eye, this little green thing so that he could, because his eye got too much sun and he was like, I want to get less sun. So they created a little hat. I have a fact about Nelson.
2: Okay, go on. Yeah. Do you have it? Uh, it's from Brian. Brian with way. You there?
1: Hey, cool. we'll go for a Twitter oh. fact first. Okay, we'll go oh. for a Twitter
3: fact. Um, so, this was sent to me by someone called Tim Worth89. And he said that in 1774, one newspaper estimated that out of the 872,564 married couples in England, only nine were entirely happy. <laughs> Sorry, you could
4: point. read that as a whole nine. We're
3: <laughs> entirely happy. He sent me a clipping, uh, an image of the clipping as well. It's so good. Um, they had a breakdown of the whole 872,000. Wow. And it's like uh, 1,300, the wives had eloped. Um, 2,300, the husband had run away. Uh, There's about 19,000 that were in a state of open war. Wow. <laughs> 16,000 had a lot of inward hatred about each other. Not uh, that
4: inward if they're telling the <laughs> interviewer.
3: <laughs> and 51 couples were living in a state of indifferent hate. Whoa. <laughs> wow. but yeah. Hang on, indifferent hate?
4: <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make any doesn't sense make at all. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay.
3: What period was this? Uh, this was in 1774. This is,
4: you know, between, it's, it's for about 200 years, but between about 1675 and 1850, only about 370 couples in England got divorced.
2: And, it, and everyone needed an act of parliament. Exactly, so yeah. every
4: how exciting is that? It's almost worth yeah. getting divorced. Every time you got divorced, they had to debate it in parliament.
2: <laughs> I think they look good together. <laughs>
3: That was hardly Hillary. Bad. <laughs> Shall we move on to the? To sorry, the yeah. Uh, yeah, track, sorry, yeah, Nelson. Yeah, sorry.
2: Yeah, so Nelson, uh, the, in the Admiralty uh, office, in Nelson used to go for you know reports and stuff, and he had a small mahogany box to stand on because firstly he was quite short, and secondly the admirals sat on a raised platform to make them higher than everybody that would come before them to speak. So they maintained their authority. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he was the only uh, person that ever had that concession. Wow. And, uh, and I got cool. to stand on that box. But I had to take my boots off first. Did he have so to take cool. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Did he have to take his boots off first uh, as no, well? Because, yeah, because I, I was going to say, I think that, that does reduce come, your authority. kind of
2: negated the uh, concession, wouldn't it really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Stand
1: up, take your boots off. Oh, same height. Yeah. <laughs> I think Gillian Anderson used to have to do that in the X-Files. Dana Scully. She used to have to stand on a box when they were filming. She's uh, quite a bit smaller than David Duchovny. And so for scenes where they were standing chatting, she would stand on a box. And yeah, that happens a lot in movies, I think. Oh, Charles and Lady Di apparently did this as well. Ah, I I have a Twitter fact about Charles and Lady Di, actually. Uh, So why don't we lead into that? Uh, When Prince Charles married Lady Diana, the TV cables put in place for the wedding were run by a ferret. <laughs> and I Googled it and it's true. What? Yeah. What do you mean? I don't mean he was physically with like a thing out of the tag. All right, camera two, let's do this. All right. <laughs> Got a three, got a three! No, it was... It was uh, they had to get cables, I guess, into... May- I'm guessing yeah. Westminster Abbey. Um... They have to
3: go into small little holes, and this is... You tie it to a ferret, and they run through, and they... No way! Uh, yeah, I think British Aerospace have used it for for some kind of aeronautical yeah, they have thing. Yeah,
4: I think for building aeroplanes for yeah, some reason. That's like what but, I yeah. thought...
3: That's what I was going to say, but I thought it sounded so ridiculous. Yeah. I didn't really say. <laughs>
4: Ferrets build aeroplanes. <laughs> um, but uh, I think they actually cancelled that eventually because they kept chewing through the wires, so I think they ended up being quite unreliable. Oh, uh,
3: right. I seem to remember. Uh, someone sent me a tweet, um, at Bangai Shot You sent me a tweet, uh, and it's almost the same as this. It's like there was a ferret called Misty who ran cabling for the US Space Command for the Y2K Centre, and her fee was a strawberry Pop-Tart. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who you negotiated you... that? Because that was... that. <laughs> That sounds like she actually asked for that.
3: Yeah. It reminds me this of, um, there's a bridge over uh, the Niagara River near the Niagara Falls. And the problem with bridges is how do you get the first kind of thing over? So once you've got a, yeah. a bit of string over there, then you can pull something over and then you can pull something bigger over and bigger over and then you eventually have a bridge. But if it's a really big uh, birds. crevice...
4: You birds, use a bird.
3: Well, it wasn't a bird, <gasps> but it's close. Frisbee. Oh. Frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was a kite, a kite. Oh, nice. So wow. they flew a kite up and then it kind of went over and then someone was on the other side and they could grab the kite and then the, you had a string over and then they could attach a bit of wire onto that and pull it across and then a bit of
2: bigger <laughs> wire. And, and, then a, and then a tiny bit of wood and then a little bit bigger <laughs> bit of wood and then eventually a bridge. <laughs>
4: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: you can not get a frisbee across Niagara Falls, I think. Can you? This is true. So... You
5: know
4: <laughs> How good you, are you at frisbee? You can get it across Niagara Falls. I can't. You can make it hover in the air <laughs> while it deposits building materials. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: incredible. The you know you guys know the Aerobi Super Disc. Yeah, it's a great frisbee, guys. It's one. It's the one that's completely hollow. It's plastic and it's got a tough frame in the middle, so it keeps rigidity and um, stability. But it's rubber on the outside, so it doesn't hurt your hands. <laughs>
3: Anyway, this week's podcast is brought to you.
2: <laughs> it's the Bee's Knees, and they can get you. They've thrown one across Niagara Falls.
3: Yeah. When have you ever had a friend to throw frisbees <laughs> to?
2: It, it does take a while to play when I'm playing with the Adobe This because it goes so far.
3: Have you ever thought about getting a boomerang? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, let's move on with another fact. Who has a fact that's about penises and the London Underground?
5: <laughs> James, you're
2: going you're to need to narrow it down a bit.
5: <laughs> Hi, my name's Tom. Uh, Hi, Tom. So when the new headquarters of the London Underground building was opened in 1929, uh, the statue of the front of a naked boy was so controversial and there was such public outcry that the sculptor had to reduce the size of his penis by one and a half inches. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. wow. From, <laughs> did we ask, from what?
2: <laughs> Twelve is too much. Ten and a half will be fine.
4: So is it the the, the shorter the penis that lower
3: the rating of the film? It wasn't the film, it was the statue. statue.
4: Yeah, I sorry, I, I was extrapolating, but oh, if right. that made it less obscene in the statue, oh. is that, it becomes less obscene the smaller the penis.
3: I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you sensing an opening for some smally endowed people? <laughs> Don't say Don't opening. Say opening.
2: <laughs> what was the? Do you do you know any more about what why why they had a statue of a naked boy in the first place? Yeah,
5: yeah, kind of. So it was by Jacob Epstein, who is this um, avant-garde, quite brutalist sculptor, and it was one of his first major commissions. Uh, he has this quite long history of creating uh, sculptures. Like, he has, has one on um, what's now Zimbabwe House on the Strand. Oh, yeah, and oh, that's yeah. also been massively defaced because it was just full of naked people. And people didn't oh. like that in Edwardian Britain. But this one, it was a kind of a compromise because there was public outcry. And the, the head of the, the tube at the time um, offered his resignation wow. to keep the statue. It was that big a deal. Wow. And wow. They wanted to keep the head, the CEO of the London Underground, but as a compromise, they said, "Okay, we'll just trim the penis a little bit." <laughs> <laughs> best... Is that what happened to all ancient statues? Like, did David have a massive cock originally? No, and they, no, just, no, they thought it was
1: more civilized to yeah, have small
3: th- yeah. weapons. No, no, they apple. thought it was better to be small because if it was too big, you
5: would lose heat and lose vigor. <laughs> 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 but this website had a picture of what had been done to the statue, and underneath, it just said. Yeah, this has actually happened, and you thought that cuts to London Underground today were controversial. <laughs> yeah.
1: hey. That's, That's good. very good. Hey, uh, we should we should wrap up oh, soon. Really? So maybe okay. let's just do a couple more. Uh, let's why don't we do a Twitter one each that we all like? Okay. Uh, I'll I'll start with mine. Uh, this was sent in by Jonathan Warlow. Claire Danes and all her movies were banned from the Philippines after she badmouthed it in an interview. So they just said, no more Claire Danes movies. Uh, oh, yeah, really? I'm kind of using this as an excuse, though, to talk about the Philippines because um, my dad's a hairdresser and um, he also he, he likes to sing Bee Gees covers. And uh, he's got a really nice voice. And on the equivalent of Jonathan Ross there, uh, they don't really have many people there to go on the show. So he often got asked to go on and sing Bee Gees covers on on this equivalent of Jonathan Ross called The Johnny Litton Show. And he was on it one day and Imelda Marcos saw it and she's called him up and well, like sent a letter saying, I'd like to invite you to sing karaoke with me uh, once a week. And you can't really say no to someone like <laughs> Imelda Marcos. So he had to do it. This is the fact that I learned of him through the back of doing that is that she said to him one day when they were mid BG song, Roger, I get so tired about people talking about my having the largest shoe collection all the time. No one talks about the fact that I have the largest collection of spoons <laughs> That's like, and she apparently likes to brag that she has the largest collection of silverware in the world, and no one talks about it. All the shoes. She's like, "Oh yeah, the fucking shoes." No one talks to her about the silverware. Uh, so Anna, final fact. Uh,
4: yeah. So my favourite fact on Twitter actually was that the uh, this is from at and it was that the Korean term for uh, grinding in a club is booby booby. <laughs> Apparently, it's yes. like nice.
2: that. Uh, Andy, what do you got? Um, I really like the fact um, and this is exactly how it was uh, was worded. Uh, it's from uh, Mina Kozluka. Uh, Ottoman Emperor Abdul Havit made it illegal to use the words sibling, star, bedbug, and nose. And then in brackets, he had a weird nose. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and James. Okay, um, this fact um, came from IDKT IDKT, uh, and it <laughs> is that in the olden days, to send paper money through the post, people used to tear it in two pieces and post the halves separately. <laughs> I don't even know if it's true, but I just really like oh. the ingenious idea of doing that.
4: I'm trying to present a sellotaped up ten pound note to
3: the newsagents, and they didn't like it. There was a guy in China. Um, he didn't trust banks, and so he buried all of his um, money underground, and then it all got eaten by worms. <laughs> oh wow! And he managed to kind of save about a, a third of it that was all in pieces, and took it to the bank in a big bag of soil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh. and then said, is there anything you can do with this? And they managed to, like, retrieve about a third of his money. So the very thing that he didn't trust ended up saving some of his cash. Oh, I wow. bet he's
4: convinced that the worms are working for the bank though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I read ages ago that all astronauts, when they initially were going to the moon, that they were all given half notes uh, of $1 note uh, in America, uh, American money. They would get the half, and they would have to present it back to NASA when they arrived, and so they could put the two halves together so that they could check whether or not aliens had cloned them and come back. But and the, were...
2: the idea that the aliens would not have the technology to just keep hold of a half-dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: We can clone a human, but that half-dollar
1: bill is no way of doing that. All right, let's wrap it up on that. So... Um... <laughs> Alright, that's it. That's all of your facts. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get in contact with us about the things that were said, don't get in contact with the people who said them. They're all on Twitter. Uh, You can reach them at their Twitter handles, or you can track down the people who are in this room. We do have a list of their names, and we will make it public. Uh, And uh, we'll see you again next week with another episode. Goodbye!